I'm just going to wait patiently here for your world-famous Taylor Leone impersonation. Any second now, here it comes. <clears throat> boy, oh boy, husband David Duchovny, did I have a crazy day at the office. And by office, I mean movie studio. Flawless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The podcast where we revisit things from childhood and see if they're any good. I'm DJ. I'm Damon. What's up, Darius? Uh, thank you. <laughs> That's not a response to the question. <laughs> it should be. Mm-hmm. What's, What's up? Thank you. And thank you for asking. Today we are beginning a new... It's the year of the dubs. The year yeah. of the doubles. We're beginning a new thing. <laughs> a new ability. This one of world-ending... Meteorite movies that came out in 1998. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. End quote. Was Begin- it 98? Yes. Are they that late? I mean, one year after the Dante's Peak volcano thing. What can I say? I'm surprised. They got that 1996 feel to me. Yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So we're going to begin this, this process with Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Which I think we can all agree had a deep impact on our lives. I think we can all agree, Damon. Let's be honest. This was the this was the loser of the of the two. Yeah, of the yeah. I'm Dante's Peak and Volcano might have been a neck and neck race, but this one is clearly hath been forgotten as the also ran the miscongeniality to Armageddon's Miss America. Oh, I thought you were talking about the movie for a second there, and I was no, like, "Was there two on. of those? Were there two pageant movies? <laughs> two pageant FBI They're like 1999. There was Miss Congeniality and Old Beauty Stick. <laughs> she has guns. That's part of the movie. Okay, the title is the the gun sound. So, if you're wondering which meteor Miss movie Beauty this Stick? is, what is this translated from another language? What's wrong with me? That's all I could come up with. Been- for for a, a, like, there's the whole world of beauty and pageants. <laughs> all I could come up with was Beauty Stick. And to be honest, I'm like, am I trying to say lipstick? I literally don't know what I was trying I liked to say. I like it because it's not what you'd think any human would say. <laughs> so I was, I just- it does have a certain inhuman charm. <laughs> Uh, the uncanny valley of talking. That's me. <laughs> uh, this is the one that has Morgan Freeman as the president. President Freeman. Uh, and if memory serves, a very unkempt president. It's like they what? told him he was Racist. going to be. No, hold on. Okay. Uh, it's like they were. Go- they, were- they told him, "Hey, uh, you know how you were just going to play like the president's best friend." The guy playing the president got sick, and we need you to sub in uh, right now. You don't have time to do anything. Like, his hair is all over the place. I believe he has a mustache, which I think we all know presidents just don't have mustaches anymore. I'm sorry, Chester A. Arthur. It's just not done. Well, after Chester A. Chester A. Arthur, they were like, we give up. You have the mustache. We can't win. You have so much mustache that you it's... You took the next 40 president's mustaches for yourself. You have so much mustache that it sideburns. You have so much mustache, James Garfield died from it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
You have so much mustache. How much mustache does he? You have so much mustache that you have more facial hair than another person might. (laughs) You would be really good on Match Game. Yes. Charles Nelson Riley. I'm also good at Yo Mama jokes. Uh huh. Um, Lay it on me. We got a. Pre Frodo, uh, no, Elijah no, Wood. no, no, no. You cannot make a claim that you are really good at your mama jokes and just uh, not back that up. Your mama, so nice. <laughs> okay, she made coming me, at it at an angle. Okay. She made me cookies once, and I enjoyed them very much. Thank you, Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that really put me in my place, and really put my mother on a pedestal as she should be. She's a fucking saint. <laughs> Um, this is the one with a pre-Frodo Elijah Wood. Yep. Who, um, I'm not going to pretend like we're buds, but I did see him DJ at a club <laughs> at South by Southwest once, and I didn't know what was going on. DJ they Baggins. Because they said Elijah Wood was here, and I was like, okay. <laughs> is he going to be doing a scene from Why? Back to the Future 2? Why? Also, <laughs> is he signing autographs? Is he... Is it a movie premiere that I don't know about? No, he's DJing. Oh, okay. Well, that's a thing he does that I didn't know about, and it was fine. I don't know how to judge DJs other than myself, which I did very hard. Did any of the tracks skip? No, not a one. Sounds like he's pretty good. Which is weird, because he was using Laserdiscs. Pew, pew. His name is DJ Laserdisc, FYI. Is it really? No. Oh, I really got excited. It's DJ Sexually. Thunderbeam. Is he a magical owl? <laughs> coincidentally, his DJ name is DJ Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a lot of questions to answer for the death of James Garfield. Uh, who else is in this? Taya Leone. Taya Leone. Brian Cox from the best X-Men oh, that's movie. Right. Um, that's right. The original Hannibal Lecter, Brian Cox. Oh. Uh, you've got some uh, pre-Frodo Lily Sobieski. Oh, I'm sorry, What? Lily you can't Sobieski. just say syllables. You have to say uh, someone's name. Uh, that is a human's name. No, oh, okay. Uh, Lily Sobieski. Uh, she we are. Uh, she's very popular in the '90s, and then uh, the kids at uh, Woodrow Wilson High School put her in a time capsule, and she hasn't been seen since. <laughs> Who, Sorry, Lily. What, what See you recon- in 2027. What would I recognize her from? Uh, this. Okay. Um, I think she was in. Uh, do you remember the movie Joy a Ride? No. Starring a shirtless Paul Walker and apparently Lily Sobieski about a runaway, uh, these kids on a joyride, uh, right, naturally. I'm, go- I'm Googling her. And uh, the, um, uh, she looks like a young Helen Hunt, but uh, in Joyride, the truck driver that they were pranking decides to kill him. Pranking. Mm-hmm. Al pranking. And it turns into, <laughs> ooh, Al pranking. Disgraced Senator pranking, Al Pranking. His pranking involved groping women against their consent. Isn't it hilarious? Mm. Um, I will let you know. My computer refuses to Google this woman right now. I'm trying to think of what else she's been in. I feel like there's a big one that was like actually a good movie. That's not one of these things. These pieces of shit I keep naming. Uh, Let's slip down to the known for. Name of the King. Never been kissed. That can't be right. You can't just say things. Wait, what was the fourth one? Deep Impact. No, the the one on oh, the far... 88 Minutes. All right. 
I don't even know these movies. Never been kissed. Okay, I know that one. But I mean, I don't know it to name secondary characters. Where a, a movie had the balls to try and convince us that Drew Barrymore... In 1998, would be convincing teenager? Fuck you, movie. And then a teenager falls in love with her, which means I also have to do, like, the mental gymnastics of trying to forgive him for trying to fuck one of the people that he would assume is one of his students? Like, come on! Jungle to Jungle. Ooh, Jungle to Jungle. That's, That's one of those movies I never saw, but the commercials probably played a particular aspect of my burgeoning sexuality as we've covered at length on the show (laughs) i'm confused as to why you know who this is why you know her name maybe she wasn't in a lot of big movies but it feel like she she had that up-and-coming vibe to her and then nothing happened and i think in the post weinstein world that doesn't mean that she's not a talented person it probably means she didn't sleep with someone and they were like, yeah. oh, you know her? She's a bitch. Don't put her in any of your movies anymore. Yeah, I guess we, we don't really know the story behind that. Uh, but behind the we reason why the room down. I don't know who she is. Maybe I'm... Maybe you're the monster in a lot of ways. Feeding into the system, man. Yeah, it's probably true. Um, is she the love interest? Is she I think Elijah she's, Woods? yeah, well, Elijah Woods' okay. uh, so let's, girlfriend or something. What I remember about this is that they don't, don't they not stop the, not to spoil anything, but don't they not stop the meteor? Yeah, it hits. Yeah. And it actually is very heartbreaking. I remember crying in the theater. Really? Yeah. So you saw this in theater and you... There was a, a few years in the 90s where almost any movie came out and I went to see it in the theater. I think I must have seen this in the theater because especially circa 1998 we're making a movie about a meteor hitting earth yeah i'm there sign me up yeah i mean not like now when i'd be like oh that sounds like direct no i'd be there today i think it's very much like armageddon in that there is doesn't armageddon also have two meteors headed towards earth yeah but i think in armageddon it like hits early on they're like that's how we know the bigger ones coming right but in this one they split them apart and are able to destroy one half of the meteor but the other half hits earth and i mean kills a bunch of people Hmm. And Morgan Freeman, I, I know you're probably wondering, he gives an inspiring speech. You better get busy living or get busy with Tay Leone. Did I mention that the president is in jail with Andy <laughs> Dufresne? Did I mention that part? Um, I, You can call me a racist. <laughs> but thank God. I want you to thank see you for allowing us. how... Morgan Freeman is styled in this, and you tell me if he looks like a president that would have won an election. Well, and I'm just going from memory right now, so we'll see when we watch the movie. But I feel like in my mind, he's got the like disheveled, you know, shirt sleeves, working for hours on a plan to evacuate the earth somehow kind of look to him. No. That's not it? I don't think so. Okay. All right. I mean, he probably does roll up his sleeves at one point. Oh, yeah. Because goddammit, you you gotta gotta get your hands in this fucking situation yeah man that's why we have a whole room for situations you can't be dealing with the potential impact of a meteor from space with a suit coat on (laughs) maybe a vest have you tried to like just even up those arms have you even tried just like reaching up to grab something off of a shelf without that thing on you gotta unbutton the jacket just to reach absurd gotta make sure your shirt's still tucked in yeah then button it back up you got to get those little fasteners that keep your shirt down, keep it tucked in. Have you ever seen those? 
Are those like they like strap onto your sock fastener? Your yeah. sock well, uh, yeah. little garters? Yeah, if you have that. So or, that it looks like you have just a complete infrastructure under your suit right. just keeping everything together? Yeah. Because those things are not, you're not made to move in a suit. Right. Unless, you should be standing stationary because you're the best man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to watch Deep Impact. Uh, I have no idea where it's available. We've been really flying by the seat of our pants today. but uh, It's probably Amazon. Probably Amazon. Um, we'll check it out, and uh, we'll see you in a few minutes. You know, we've been watching the movie Deep Impact, Damon. And you know what else makes a Deep Impact? Oh, God, I'm already actually frustrated by this this wordplay. But no, go on. What makes a deep impact? Sponsoring the podcast at oh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. It's, you knew. Of course you knew. You're doing this commercial with me. <laughs> it's almost like we went over what we were about to do. Um, you, can, uh, you can give uh, as little as a dollar an episode. You can give more than that. If you want, I'm not saying we'll read it's your name in the credits. But... You'll get access to Patreon exclusive episodes that we're going to post soon. Uh, you're gonna uh, get you could get drawings by uh, Damon over here. You get songs by DJ over here. If you give us enough money <laughs> to make it worth our time, otherwise yeah. uh, you can just enjoy the podcast. You know, you can just still enjoy the podcast, but you can also help us and enjoy the podcast at the same time. patreoncom slash idiot. I feel like I just handled that by myself. I mean, you did. Damon, why are you here? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. Damon, shallow impact Xanthopolis. Ooh, That's what I call wow, you. Now that hurts a lot more than you'd think, especially after watching the movie we just watched. Too late. Uh, we're back. We've felt the emotional and literal impact yeah. of this movie. And it was deep, I'd say. Yeah, fathoms. Fair to Midland <laughs> impact is what I'd say, <laughs> honestly. Um, we uh, asked for your input if you has seen this movie or had memories about Deep Impact and its sister movie, Armageddon. A lot more of you had stories about Armageddon, so we'll get to that in the next episode, but uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that Garrett said that he once left a bar because uh, Deep Impact came on the TV and he went home to watch it. So, (laughs) high praise. Would you leave this bar to watch it? You don't even drink, so maybe that's a low bar for you to clear. I would leave a bar for any reason. (laughs) If you were like, hey... You're, You'd be like, don't finish that sentence. Yeah. I'm like, I'm out. Whatever uh, it is, yes. Damon, you know what I'm about to ask you to do. Recap this movie for me. Oh, I'm In gonna, the time it takes. I'm going to rebuckle my belt. Uh, a meteor to, uh, a, co- a comet to go around the sun. No, way faster than that. Never mind. Recap the movie for us. Jeez, man, what happened? All right, so uh, Frodo Baggins and Helen Hunt are uh, in science class. <laughs> Lil, Lil Helen Hunt. <laughs> Lil Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. I call That's, them mad about you babies. This is your favorite actress 
Lilu Jensen. <laughs> Lilu is from the Fifth Element, but you're very close. It's a good movie. Um, it is a good movie, but doesn't make Lily Sobieski any more a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair point. Uh, so, uh, Lil Helen Hunt and Frodo Baggins are in science class, and they uh, discover a comet. Yeah. Well, you, what do you know about that? And they send it into old... Uh, the observatory in town and uh, <laughs> old man johnson up the hill at the <laughs> observatory he's got a really big telescope he won't let us uh you know get the frisbee that we accidentally threw in his yard but he will let us discover comets uh he confirms it's an uncharted comet uh and he dies in a car wreck put a pin in it because i'd like to return that. to that uh a year later uh, Taylioni is investigating a uh, sudden resignation of a senator, I believe, secretary, some congressman, of something. Oh, is it a is it yeah. a cabinet member? Mm-hmm. She's uh, Maybe. <laughs> looking into the resignation. I mean, that seems foreign to you and me, where a cabinet member resigns every other week. But probably in the nineties, sort of, it was more rare. Yeah, that's sort of palace intrigue. <laughs> Just something left best in the past, you know? She finds out that uh, he had some connections to someone named Ellie, and she starts digging into it. Mm. Um, She discovers that Ellie is not a person's name, but in fact an acronym, E-L-E, for Extinction Level Event. (laughs) Registered trademark of James Bond and the Ian Fleming estate. Uh (laughs) They're very litigious. Thank you for doing they that. They had no part of writing the theme song <laughs> to the movies for James Bond. It's not like you're reading a James Bond novel and all of a sudden there's like a little score inside, just like, and James Bond turned around and Dr. No was standing right <laughs> behind just, him. And then all of a sudden there's just like uh, some music. Uh, C, D, G. It's not spelled out on a staff. It's just spelled out. Bonnet, Bonnet. I don't know. You know what Ian Fleming and his estate are doing? <laughs> They're laughing all the way to the bank. Amen to that. Anyway. Uh, so she finds out that there's actually a meteor. Comet. Headed towards the Earth. Gonna kill us all. Extinction level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the United States has decided to send a spaceship. Um, Spaced ship. Spaceshipe uh, to space, where sh- spaceships belong, <laughs> primarily. Um, to are put- you like filling time here? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> to put nukes in the meteor, it's a comet, comet. Uh, Just and correct you. Blow every time. it, blow it to smithereens. Smithereens, uh, I think. Once they reach the atmosphere, they fail. And just actually blow off a big chunk of it yeah. while blinding the cute guy on staff on the on the space flight. No. I dare well, there's say. Blunderwood. I was going to say Blunderwood, there is Blunderwood. I believe, is the... And to a certain contingent, maybe John Favreau. Mm. Um, Blair Underwood is fine. He breaks his arm. A beautiful arm, but he breaks it. But cute Blondie gets blinded, gets a bunch of sun blisters because he looks at the sun or some stupid shit. Uh, anyway, now we got two meteors. Comments. Comments. Um, heading towards Earth. And President Morgan Freeman's like... Last ditch effort. We got a bunch of missiles. We don't think they'll fail. Uh, they failed, and uh, we got two comets headed towards Earth. We're all going to die. Um, and Robert Duvall at all um, on the ship in the spaceship in space. 
ship-like, uh, they decide, hey, you know what? Let's kill ourselves and save the Earth. And they do, and they blow the last big yeah, the, comet, yep. meteor, uh, to comet. smithereens. But the small wee comet does still hit the Atlantic Ocean, causing a uh, tsunami, I believe yes. it's pronounced, mm-hmm. flooding the eastern seaboard. And uh, while many people survive, many people die. Yep. And that... That's called a DLE, a death level. Tia Leone, uh, she deals with the fact that her mom committed suicide, and uh, she goes to hang out with her uh, May-December loving father, mm-hmm. and gets hit by, a t- gets hit by the tsunami, mm-hmm. and uh, dies. Yeah. Elijah Wood and Lil' Helen Hunt, they make it. Yeah. Blunderwood, dead. Yep. Cute blind guy, dead. Mm-hmm. Robert Duvall, dead. Yeah. Deep Impact 2 this summer. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Morgan Freeman's uh, character. He gives, remains the president. He gives a, you know, a nice, uh, we we are rebuilding But the waters the receded. Yeah. That is the worst Morgan Freeman impression of all time. That was pretty good. Really? Nope. Thank uh, you. Wanna I appreciate your honesty. Just get something out from... Uh, from the beginning of the show, just I want to get it out in the open right away. Uh, do we? You know what? I mean, how just can we prove start, it wasn't him? Just want to start with Brian Cox is not in this movie. Fine. You were thinking. Apparently, you were thinking of her father, who's played by Jimmy Italian? Durante. No, <laughs> no, some guy. Oh, rinka dinka <laughs> Taylor Leone, come on over here. We're gonna watch this. Wackadoo tsunami. I know very little about. You know what? One thing our audience just can't get enough of: poorly researched Jimmy Durante impressions. That's right. Yeah. The only reason I know who Jimmy Durante is is because of Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney Tunes and Young Frankenstein. Thank you. Um, but did did I ever tell you my imaginary friend? I had uh, two imaginary friends. Well, I had a a bunch of like an army of them, but two were like there were two main ones, and they were like little. They were like little. They were like uh, I don't know, like a foot, a foot and a half tall. And one of them uh, was named Chuki, and he had a uh, a big nose like the cartoon version of Jimmy Durant. No, yeah, uh huh. Um, and that was my imaginary friend. Wait. You mentioned two imaginary. The other one was. What was the other one? The other one was Bonghead. Jackie Gleason. His his name was Bonghead, and that was not something that I understood to be drug related at the time. Oh, of course. Bon, his name was Bonghead because he had a big head, and so mm-hmm. he would like bong it on stuff. I guess was the idea, like a bong. Um, so you wasted most of your good ideas on the first guy. Yes, Chuki. Mm-hmm. That's where all the good stuff went, and then the leftover stuff was like. And then there's Bonghead. We're yeah. going to flesh out his character later. Yeah. Um, okay. So, DJ, you yeah. know what I'm going to ask you, right? Sure. What did you like and or not like about this movie, Deep Impact, starring Brian Cox? I think um, we got to talk about the car wreck. Um, so, as you mentioned in the recap, the um, – the, Elijah Wood's character sends a picture of this thing that he thinks he's he's not sure what it is, but it right. looks like doesn't look like anything that's charted. So he sends a, a, a set of photos to a 
astronomer in a observatory and the uh, astronomer is like holy shit he's eating his red pepper and olive pizza like <laughs> which pissed you off to no end well that was like of all the things in this movie that was the most unbelievable it was that- so clearly a DiGiorno that's what was yeah. really the most bothersome yeah. it was clearly not a delivery pizza it was DiGiorno like heavy on the bread but not in a Chicago style way but like in an obnoxious way you you used DiGiorno's tagline but like as an insult you're like that's not delivery it's the Get the fuck out of here. Um, so he's munching on his uh, red pepper and olive pizza. And, and the red peppers didn't look like they were cooked. I don't yeah, want to beat a dead horse. It was it was not it was not a good looking pizza. It was pizza. a shitza. It did look like a shitza. Uh But anyway, he excitedly scurries down the mountain uh, with his info, which he cannot. He's calling on the, in his car. He's calling on his car phone somebody to tell him what's going on, that this comet is heading straight for Earth. Um, and he, he gets in a car wreck and dies. But <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, hev- it's a- heavily telegraphed scene oh. where he's clearly distracted. And we spend several shots establishing that he's distracted. Like several shots. There's at least three shots of his Jeep swerving into the other lane and yeah. then, you know, overcorrecting to swerve back into the other lane. Then we get a shot of the truck driver coming in the opposite yeah. direction. He's drinking Jolt Cola. He's singing he, to he's the radio. Singing he's turning to a radio, it up. And I'm like, oh, is he going to fall asleep? And it was just like, it was really establishing that everyone is at fault for this wreck. Right. That is clearly coming. Right. But it takes so it's it's just hitting you over the head with it for so long that it's like just die already. When I feel like the clear implication just knowing where this movie is going is that this is the reason that they don't discover this for so long is because this the person who discovered it um gets in a car accident and the, the evidence is lost. But that is not the case. They know about it. The government knows about it and keeps it secret, but they wouldn't have done anything different. Other than maybe the public would have known earlier. So maybe I guess that's the Is that what thing? The, what would it be affected by this? I don't know. But we spend a... If if that is the case, that is not... It's not clear. That is not you clear can, at all. You can fill in the blanks with whatever you want because it's not explained at all. And it, by the way, you don't realize it until about like 20 minutes after that scene when you just yell out. Apropos of nothing going on on the screen, you just yell out, what was the point of that crash? And start laughing hysterically because you have no idea what life means anymore. Just hypothetically. That might be what <laughs> we might. Y- one might pause the movie because they're laughing so hard because Damon shouts. Oh, sorry. Hypothetical. Hypothetically, you might shout. Let's call him Raymond. What was the point of the car accident? It's just so infuriating. Um... Plays a very minor role, but I do like Jay Crom's. We got Jim Cromwell is in this movie. Yeah, he's just in it for a scene just to uh, bury the the lead, basically. Yeah, he's the guy that resigns. Um, I guess James Cromwell, though, I mean, at that point, it would have been synchronous with Babe. Yeah. It's not like we're all like, ah, James Cromwell, the great James Cromwell. Here he is. No one's saying that. At the time. Why did you say it like the town crier? <laughs> hi-yi, hi-yi. James Cromwell is in Deep Impact, a movie about a meteor. Coming. Coming towards Earth. Wait, now it's just turned into like carnival hi-yi, barker. hi It's a Boston-based town crier. <laughs> so when the, um, basically, Taylor Leone 
discovers this. I'm so mad about this, but go I'm on. I'm going to let you take it because I, I, I wanted to skip ahead to the secret service. So you talk about how she discovers what's going on. It's so infuriating. Yeah. So she's a reporter to establish what's going on. She's a reporter, but she's only on the why did this um, secretary of treasury or whatever – Retire, She's a reporter so for the Microsoft National Broadcasting Company, That's which right. is MSNBC. Yeah. She finds out that this cabinet member has a phone line directly for someone named Ellie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, he was boinking some lady named Ellie. Sure. Uh, after she talks to him and he's sort of like, KG. is he evasive? KG is best. Yes. She's heading back, and she's talking into a recorder, and she's like, maybe he's actually covering up for the president having an affair with someone named Delhi, and he's taking the fall for it. Which, again, I would say is based on nothing. Yeah. This is pure conjecture. When all of a sudden she's hit from behind in a, uh, a an armored car, not an armored car, but like a, a Cadillac hits her from behind, and then a Cadillac swoops in in front of her. Then a Cadillac boxes her in. She's got three black cars boxing her in with bespectacled, besunglassed men, uh, and she's like, "Okay, I'll pull over." She pulls off on a under construction on ramp. Her car apparently functioning fine. Well, they she doesn't have any hard. visible injuries. She did give a good. Yeah. She uh, might have a if little, she were uh, in a cartoon, she would say Auga. I would definitely say <laughs> from that impact. But who wouldn't? Anyway, they take her in her their car to uh a hasn't, kitchen. She, hasn't she already had her library trip by this point though? Or is, no, 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 she no, not? no. Okay. Stay with me. Okay, okay, okay. She goes uh to a kitchen somewhere where a man yeah. is eating. And says, you know, uh, you don't know what you know, or something to that effect, some bullshit. And then the president comes in, Morgan Freeman, um, and uh, he's like, what you don't know would fill a warehouse. Doesn't actually say that. Um, Ooh, you should have workshopped this movie. But they they, uh, kept talking about Ellie, kept talking about Ellie, and she gets on... Uh, the scene after she gets on a computer okay and instead of how would you uh type the name ellie uh if you knew uh ellen page but you have a little nickname for her and you're texting her what would you spell it how would you spell it i'm gonna go e-l-l-i-e wrong e-l-e is how tay leone Mm, takes it uh she's like that's how she takes her coffee e-l-e that doesn't make any sense she types it into yahoo ellie ellie she types it into Yahoo, E-L-E, and uh, nothing of interest comes up. So she says, huh, I'm an investigator. She types in E period, L period, E period. And uh, Yahoo says, you got me. Here's a bunch of shit. Uh, takes it to uh, not a specific page that this acronym appears on, but takes it to the paleontology page of UCLA. And she's like, huh, I'm game. She goes on there. <laughs> There's like a list of things. She picks the least, the last thing anyone would pick, which is extinction studies based on nothing. It's not like there's a big ELE with a glowing gif eyebrow or uh, arrow. Just (laughs) It's not like there's a glowing uh, ELE gif, you know, arrow just pointing back and forth like click here. And uh, then it's like, oh, yeah, you want to know about extinction level events? Here you go. And she's like, oh, my God, Ellie could stand for extinction-level event, which means we're all going to die. She takes that as gospel, because when she meets her father and his new uh, 
What's the female version of a twink? <laughs> Fink? Lady twink. Yeah. Uh, link. His, his, <gasps> his link. His link wife. Uh, she's like, she's already resigned herself to the fact that the well, world is ending. no. There is more evidence. With, uh, the, here we go. Sec- when she was interviewing the secretary and, and in the kitchen, both cases, there were cases of things, including <laughs> including Ensure at both of these locations. And, yeah. And it's very prominently, there's a shot in each scene that the camera just focuses on the Ensure. Do we ever get a movie uh, universe explanation for that? I mean... Do they ever like explicitly say... You guys are going to need a lot of insure. Well, I don't think they say it by name, but they, you know, there's supplies for the for going to the. But arc. why not show any other supplies? Why specifically insure? Because I think, wow, you got a lot of old people coming into this kitchen. Well, you need uh, you need nutrients. You know, you need uh, something that will ration well. But why not a bunch? No of, like, why not show t- a bunch of bottled waters or something like that? Or Tang. Everybody has bottled water. That, would, that wouldn't be suspicious. Not in 1997, they didn't. Especially in 1998. Ooh, wow. Think about it. The water bottle bin. Are you bur- talking bur- about bubble. The water the, bubble bubble. The yeah. water bottle bubble. Oh, the big water bottle rush of 1998. You don't remember that? We got our, we got our, uh, it started with our Avion. Then, then, then comes old Fiji and Dasani and Aquafina. Oh, Aquafina, the finest Springs. of tap water. Yeah. What you want in your water is sodium. <laughs> um... So they could have uh, sort of done her – like we don't need to see every hyperlink in her Yahoo search, okay? Trying to be uh, – No, I appreciate Time it. period specific. They don't need to see every question she asked Jeeves. But <laughs> the way they chose to show this is a little – she jumps from the word Ellie to E-L-E. So fast. So fast. It's like she was feeling lucky. Old school Google. Oh, yeah. I will say that does lead into one of my main points about this movie plot-wise, which is, like, there's a lot of telling in this movie. Yeah. And not a lot of showing in very weird, like, points. They're like, fuck it, you get the idea. It's yeah. the feeling you get from the movie. That's a good example where it's just like, I guess I guess she got the spelling of Ellie from yeah. someone. And then later on, we get the launching of the spaceship, and it just sort of jumps ahead, and it's like, ah, hey, you get the idea here. Yeah. It's just launching into space. I'm like, this seems like a big mission, and seems like a nice time to build some tension. No? You just want to just sort of shoot it into space, and five seconds later, it's in space, and then, like, yeah, three think- minutes later, they're on the goddamn comet? Whereas, I think, I mean, we'll see in Armageddon, whereas, like, that was the main thing. Right. The 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 shuttle trip to the comet is a side story in this and it's a very impactful in terms of the plot and or the the end result at least. But it's definitely more of it that's not the main story. The main story is our Tay Leone and Frodo Baggins kind of split story. The other thing is they they uh when the bombs when the spaceship thing fails and they decide yeah. to just shoot missiles at everything they show us the missiles launching and heading towards the comet, and the next shot we get is like uh, President Morgan Freeman in full-on casual. I just got off the golf course dress. Yeah. He does not ga at just being like ass. looking at the camera, and going, "Hey, the missiles failed. We're all gonna die." Yeah, it's the famous "We are fucked" speech of <laughs> 1999. <laughs> 
Bill Pullman gave the today is our Independence Day, and Morgan Freeman gave the fuck it, get on a mountain somewhere. Um, okay, just not that I just want this to become a big calling out Damon podcast or anything. But what uh, now? I mean, I admit to the Brian Cox was in costume, and most people wouldn't recognize him. I admit that to the naked eye, he doesn't look like Brian Cox. But if you're trained like I am, this is me tapping my glasses. Uh, that's Brian Cox. Um, you can take that to the bank. You can laugh on the way to it. I don't know where you got your disheveled Morgan Freeman uh, vibe. Because he cuts a handsome thing. <laughs> I will only give you that he has a mustache, but I think you're overstating his shagginess. Okay, I, you know what? I and it, admit, was from memory. it was from memory. DJ, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And you know that about me, that I will always admit I'm wrong. I will never get super angry and accuse things, bring in things that happened years ago. I would never do that. But one time you left the lights on when we lived together. And you knew I wasn't going to be home that night. (laughs) That being said, when we went into the IMDb trivia, I found pretty much the Zabruder film of my theory of the unkempt Morgan Freeman as president. Is this like a uh, like a uh, Bernstein Bernstein Bernstein? (laughs) Where you like you claim that there's like a parallel universe where the Bernstein Bears? There is a seat. There is a. It's not a shirt sleeve scene, but he does wear like a golf sweater polo thing at one point. When he's that's not, not fully, even that's not, not even that's not even the evidence I was going to bring up. But I thank you for bringing it up, Your Honor. Please, he has a tattoo. He has a tattoo, a visible tattoo that shows. Fine, you yeah. know what? Fine. Yeah. In the IMDb trivia, it is revealed that Morgan Fact. Freeman requested. That the president have an earring. And the director said, no, that's dumb. (laughs) I stand by that Morgan Freeman was like, I will be president, but I will do as little as possible. I'm not even going to take out this earring. And they're like, you have to at least fucking take out the earring. And he's like, okay, I'll do that, but I'm not taking this mustache away. And they're like, god damn it. We shouldn't have compromised on that earring so quickly. I'll agree that that mustacheless would have been more typically presidential, but I gotta say, he looks good in it. I he, feel like it should either be not there or a fuller mustache. It's just weird because his hair is gray, so it looks like a little uh, cat-like because it, it's a little whisker-like. President be- feline, because wow. because it's white on the edges of it, so it's a little. It's a little strange. If you stare at it for too long, which I don't recommend doing, you get a little – I could see why like you – I feel like you're focused on it, but only because you've looked directly at it, which I told you expressly not to do. You did just say that. Just Cat now. Like. Cat-like. Uh, Richard Schiff is in this movie. To- Toby from uh, – West Wing. Toby. Also, uh, his character from Jurassic Park 2, Electric Boogaloo, oh, yeah. uh, which was also named Toby. Is that last true? name, Yeah. His first name was Toby, and his last name was Toby. To- 
Toby eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> he does actually. That's funny that you guessed that because he he does get eaten oh, by a dinosaur. Uh, hmm. I um, believe it was a T Rex. Back, I gotta circle back to Morgan Freeman. Um, what is this accent that he's using? Is that just his normal? I speaking think that voice? might just be his voice. His being voice because uh, meteor. He says like medias. He's not talking about the comet. He's just saying the word. So you medias. think he's the 1930s medias. like uh, newsy? Well, it's like a it's get like your a, news here. We got a meteor headed towards Earth. I am Morgan like, Freeman. He's more like Cajun. He's like uh, we toin the page, and then like I can't do it. I can't toin do the, voice. the page. He says like first off, toin. I mean Morgan Freeman is from Southern Mississippi. Correct. Okay. okay. No, I don't know. That's what I'm I asking. Think he is. Okay. Well, then that's just his voice. He's just he just meteor. Okay, that makes me uh, less worried about it, because I felt like he was affecting an accent, but I could not figure out what it was. I prefer the version where he's doing an impression of FDR on the radio. Media! We got a meteor here! The only thing we have to fear is this huge comet! (laughs) Oh dear God, it's gonna kill us all! And we shot some bombs at it, and it failed again. I can't walk, I felt the need to tell you now, because I've been hiding it from you for these nigh eight years. (laughs) I'm FDR, and I tried to pack the Supreme Court with judges. I should mention that, too, while we're all going to die. I'm the reason we have term limits. But hey, I built that dam in Tennessee, so go fuck yourselves. There's so many dead bodies in it, it's not even funny. I also, my wife is a lesbian, and I've been fucking my cousin. If we're just coming out with it, FDR... Morgan Freeman's FDR. <laughs> Truth comes out. Uh, what else? I should also mention my wife, who is a lesbian again, <laughs> is also my cousin. So fuck it. We're just going balls to the wall on the cousin fucking here. Uh, anyway, this has been another fireside chat. I'm FDR, and my glasses don't have any ear pieces. So they just sort of. Hang on my nose. They're called pince nez. It's very French. How do you like my earring? <laughs> <laughs> Taking it back around to Morgan Freeman. No, I get it okay, now. Okay. I see now. Uh, what else you got over there? Actually, I will say, I will start to uh, do the pivot Okay. to positive things. Unless, oh. unless, DJ, you've got anything to say prosecution-wise. I mean, I, I'm okay. Just go ahead and do what you gotta do. Okay. I, they're not organized. I gotta start organizing them positive. I negative. mean, you do get a rebuttal at the end. That's yeah. just how the court system works. Right. Uh, I did write down all landmarks at once, which was my last note. Yeah. Um, uh, scrawled kind of lackadaisically. But I, it reminded me that uh, this movie doesn't have a lot of, unlike Armageddon or something like Independence Day or The Day After Tomorrow. Uh, it's not a bunch of like destruction porn, right? For the most part, I mean, there are those scenes at the end when the actual tidal wave comes in and starts yeah. hitting uh, '90s New York, and it gets a lot of landmarks, but it's all sure. right in a row. And it's not a lot of like, let's watch it all go, blah blah yeah. blah. You see a lot of people running, and a lot of those scenes, those important scenes, are taking place on a highway in Virginia, I think, where right. Elijah Wood and uh, little Helen Hunt are Helen Hunt Jr., as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, much harder Which, video game, Helen Hunt Jr. <laughs> it's surprising because, like, 
you know, the original Helen Hunt. Yeah. She's kidnapped, uh, you know. Princess. The princess and, uh, you know. And why the imagery of that is, is very funny to me. What's the guy who's in Mad About You? What's his name? Paul Reiser. <laughs> Paul Reiser. I kept wanting to say Paul Rubens. Paul Reiser uh, has to save the princess from Helen Hunt. But then the interesting thing about Helen Hunt Jr. is that you have to save Helen Hunt Sr. Huh. from Paul Reiser in the end. Oh. He's the villain. He's the true villain. And the sad thing is that later, Nintendo just made the Paul Reiser Brothers video games yeah. and just sort of left... You know, Helen Hunt. When they get divorced, and it's very strange. Is this a comedy anymore? I don't know what's right, but she still shows up in Paul Reiser cart. Yeah, and she's just like got her own car. I'm like, are you guys friends now? Is this cool? (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. You got Helen Hunt country. You got (laughs) you've got Diddy Hunt, and you're like, who's he? Doesn't answer any questions. He's he's her nephew, I guess. I guess, but he's a completely different species. Yeah. Just a lot of questions. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it just made me it made me realize like I don't know if this genre in terms of like these sort of spectacle like destruction movies hadn't really been set yet. It's I mean, not that this genre didn't exist like yeah. in the seventies with Poseidon Adventure and Towering Inferno and stuff like that. Well, but Independence Day was before this. True. But this one, like, takes a is you re- start to really realize how invested it is in like the human relationships, yeah. and we can argue whether those are successful or right, not. But you can right. definitely tell that's where its focus is. Yeah, that's definitely what this movie cares about more than the. Even though there is like the big effects in the of the comet and the destruction of the cities, that's not what they're trying to emphasize. That's right, sure. but I mean, I still think that the de- and unlike those other movies, I feel like the destruction of those cities is actually given real. Wait, I don't know. I mean, we haven't watched Armageddon yet, but it doesn't, I don't recall that one, like, really giving a shit that Paris gets destroyed. Right. Bunch of Frenchies anyway. Um, We have a a pretty stacked cast of astronauts. We got uh, Jean Favreau. Yeah. We got Robert Duvall. Yeah. We got Blunderwood. And known for his clumsiness to a lesser and ex- his constant erection, Blunderwood. To a lesser extent, Mary McCormick, who is also there. I just recognize her from, I think, West Wing. I don't know. Uh, also, okay, we had to rewind a couple times, but the first time was for the random keyboardist in the newsroom. Oh my god! So when the news breaks that this. When the president admits there's a there's yeah. a meteor happening and we don't worry we've got a spaceship that we've been working on for the past year and a half. They cut to scenes of chaos in the newsroom, being like, "I need graphics!" and like and someone screaming, "Does anyone know how big the one that killed the dinosaurs was?" Yeah, some kind of like I'm like, "Of course not, get out of here." But then they show a keyboardist that's like working with. A reporter or something, and then we're like, do we? Do they just have? A and not just the reporter, like they do. That guy, I think he's like a producer, like he's working with yeah. a, a Taylioni. He's got. He, they, so they just have like a keyboardist on call. He's got his little Casio there. He's ready to. Yeah, he had to be on call because he didn't have time to just no. like drive to the studio. He had to be there. I so I like to it. imagine like he's just sitting there, you know, six hours a day, hoping that breaking news happens, and they need specific orchestrations set up for stories. Don't say orchestrations. <laughs> That's just what I call them because I'm from the Mississippi Delta like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> um one thing that th- this movie made me realize is um that I've always wanted to do in my life um which is going to be hard to demonstrate on a, a 
audio only podcast, but is the take a phone call and you're the only and people are waiting on whatever news you're getting. And instead of hanging up the phone and telling people what's going on, you just hang up the phone, slowly look at everyone. And just shake your head. And then slowly shake your head, almost imperceptibly. I like that I'll because do, it's both I'll, rude I'll, to the people <laughs> in the room and to the person on the phone. Yeah. Like, how about a fucking goodbye? I know the world's about to end, but hey, just tell me the conversation's over. You don't need any more information from me. Someday I'm going to get to do that, and uh, the world will be mine. What I like about that day is that it'll be probably the most tragic day of your life, and you'll still take <laughs> the opportunity to to just, like, prank your wife. Yeah. They're like, Damon's been in a horrible car crash, and they I get the and call. And someone's like, and Tyler's <laughs> screaming into the phone, Damon's dead! And you instead of, like telling your wife you're just like you look at her and just shake your head Mm-mm. and she's tyler's like, like and tyler's like hello hello are you still did you get do you hear me and she's gonna she's gonna be like no what did he he didn't Is answer okay he didn't answer the phone or what um i'm going to name either a band or a poem the soft limestone of missouri <laughs> what? And- it's it's an untitled poem but that's the first line so that's what shows up in the appendix when you yeah. look it up so Morgan Freeman. That's off limestone of Missouri. <laughs> I think it has was hit to be by him. a meteor. <laughs> meteor. I think it's got to be him saying it because that's great. Uh, so maybe it'll be. It like, doesn't hurt if you have like a, a line like the soft limestone of Missouri. Yeah, have it said by Morgan Freeman. Uh, maybe I'll maybe be like a, Decay. a tone tone poem or something or like you know one of the songs where you just remix the audio from you know, a great movie like Deep Impact. <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? Have you ever listened to those audio recordings of Orson Welles doing commercials for frozen peas? Yes. And he's just like, there's a farm up in Maine. That's what it sounds like, the soft <laughs> limestone of Missouri. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that Morgan Freeman is our Orson Welles, and one day he'll be doing a shitty wine commercial drunk out of his mind, and it'll be a treat for both the eyes and the ears. And he'll also do Transformers. And he'll also... <laughs> Be in the Muppet movie. Yeah. Presumably drunk out of his mind once yeah. again. Um, I just want, out of context, uh, I want to say that you sent a text to your brother, which said, <laughs> which one's the shitty red grave? <laughs> and, he, and I said, why? And show your work. <laughs> and he said, Lynn, dot, 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 Weight Watchers. <laughs> He's a lunatic. Uh, there is a Redgrave in this movie. We didn't know which. Vanessa. You thought it was Redgrave the Lesser, but it is not. It is Vanessa. No, it is the greater. Redgrave but my brother greater. did mention in a text transmission that I did not share with you until this very moment. Okay. That uh, he wants me to ask our dad about Vanessa Redgrave because... Uh, while she does not reach Hanoi Jane levels of hatred, I believe there is some hatred from Harry Xanthopoulos towards okay. Vanessa Redgrave for Red Grabe? Red Abu Grabe? Abu Grabe. Uh, Red, uh, for her socialism. Vanessa or Lynn? Vanessa. Okay. The Red Grave in question. Okay. The deepest impact of Red Grave. Sure. Um, that's about all I've got. Um, I do want to note that the bus that um, Frodo and his family take away from his <laughs> uh-huh. girlfriend is called Unit E, Unity, and yet it's tearing their family apart. 
What do you think about that? What do you think about that symbolism? Wow, it uh, it really opens my eyes to the way our country is being torn apart by buses, comets, meteors. <laughs> uh, so, should we go to our judgments or yeah, our? Uh, let's do it. You know what have you? Let's go to the. Let's go to the uh, verdict. Let's do it. For the verdict proper, I do have exactly one nominee for the Catherine O'Hara Memorial, non-memorial VIP MVP award. Okay. Uh, it's okay. And uh, it is the arm flapping extra in the highway <laughs> scene. So there's a moment where, uh, uh, is it Frodo? Yeah. Frodo is searching for Lil Helen Hunt uh, and her family on the highway. And it's just, you know, overcrowded. People are trying to escape and they're just gridlocked on the highway. And so he's weaving in and out of traffic on his little motorbike. And at one point he goes by this, this couple of cars and uh, one's like, I don't know, a station wagon or something. And there's like a red truck. I don't know what color it is. It's a truck. And, uh, this guy apparently decided on one motion he was just going to do for the entire <laughs> shot, which is like a flat, a very big one arm, left arm flapping out of the driver's think, side. Think angels in the outfield, yes. but like a 50% of it. And like, I don't know what that would mean in that context, but he decided this is what I I'm going to do. I think he was trying to be, because he's technically, because both sides of the highway have been taken over by the same yeah. directional traffic. So he's trying to merge into the other side of the highway, and so. these people are stuck in traffic. I don't know why he's flapping at them, because obviously they can't go anywhere. But right. he's like, get out of my way! Arm flap! Arm flap! <laughs> and then Danny Glover says, You got an angel, you got an angel with you right now. <laughs> Which um, is the greatest line he's ever said. Yeah. Sorry, lethal weapon. Go fuck yourself. Angels in the outfield is here. And it's going to be doing the calls from here on out. It sort of faded at the end, but you get there. <laughs> um, so that's my nominee. I don't think it necessarily deserves a confirmation for you. So uh, from you, I'm not going to like expect that from you. I'll second it nonetheless, even okay. though this is not a parliamentary system. Okay. Um, the eyes have it. <laughs> um, All right. What's so your what's your verdict? I would say that this. Is a good movie. Your inner child is not an idiot. I would say it's not a perfect movie. Uh, I can drag it in sections, but uh, I feel like this is does what uh, disaster movies tend to just sort of like uh, pay a lot of lip service to, which is yeah. actually create characters that I'm at least somewhat interested in. Yeah, and show what a disaster would actually be like and how it would affect lives. And yeah. actually treat those lives with some sort of meaning. I'm not saying by any means that it's, oh, you, stop everything. Turn off the podcast to go see it. But it's a pretty good movie. I I cannot say that this is a good movie. There are too many flaws. Arm flapping extras. There's the weird car accident. <laughs> there's some other things. There's some other weird things. However... It is effective, and it was actually quite touching at the end when, like, uh, so... Um, I cried. I got... I didn't get hot eyes, DJ. I got wet eyes. Oh, my gosh. I didn't notice. Yeah, because I played it cool. Yeah, you did. Because uh, I was raised in a society where men should not cry openly. 
little Helen Hunt has to leave her family at one point and they give her the, her little baby sister and like kind of put her on the, uh, they sort of consign themselves to die yeah. and like, Hey, get out of here. And it's, and they're all kind of crying and saying, I love you. And it's, it's actually very and touching. Both parents are played by Helen Hunt, which is yeah. amazing technology for the time <laughs> and what was the other part that was touching there was oh, taylor leone with her father on the beach yeah. and uh hey uh, where she admits that she lot well earlier he brings these photos her t- her mother commits suicide when she realized there's no hope for her uh and uh her father brings these photos that her mother took and she pretends i don't remember this and then she meets her dad on the beach as he's awaiting his own doom yeah. and she's like I remember everything, and she, you know, talks about it, and it's it's surprisingly touching. Yeah, and legitimate non-joke spoiler alert for Rogue One if you haven't seen that yet. <laughs> okay, have you left the podcast now? This is exactly what happens at the end of Rogue One. Rogue One owes a humongous debt to Deep Impact. Um, yeah, there was. I feel like there was Except one other. Oh, yeah, at the and- end of Ro- at the end of Deep Impact, I didn't go, yeah, I learned this in the opening crawl to Armageddon. <laughs> I know what happens. I've known what happens for twenty five years now. Go fuck yourself. I don't care what you say, Rogue One was awesome. It was awesome in a vacuum, but not awesome in the fact that I've seen Star Wars, thank you. Yeah, but like how long ago was that? <laughs> I mean, do you even remember what happened? The black guy in a suit. Name him. Name him. Have you even thought about Star Wars since then? No, because no one will let me forget. <laughs> Just leave me alone for like a good f- 20 years. Yeah. Um, also, the scene when uh, all the astronauts have consigned themselves to death as well, and they're saying goodbye to their families via via early Skype, mm-hmm. via Astro Skype. Uh, <laughs> Moon Skype. That's very... Touching, I got a little. I, I was there. surprised I got that because my brain was like, "Come on, Damon's yeah. eyes, you're not falling for this." And my eyes were like, "Shut up." Yeah, I mean, it is it is uh, telegraphed and it is a little cheesy, but it, it's effective. It also felt like that's probably what would happen anyway. Right. Yeah. It feels cheesy, but it also feels like yeah, NASA would be like, "Hey, say goodbye to your families because you're going to die." So yeah, if I were giving this like a you know. A, uh, like percentage score, Rotten Tomatoes kind of thing. I don't know that I would rate it a good movie, but at the same time, I can't say your inner child is an idiot. Your inner child is not an idiot for liking this because uh, it's pretty effective. And uh, yeah, I I didn't I didn't hate it. What would you? How would you rate the performance of Brian Cox? Because I thought he was just a chameleon in the role of another actor playing the role. Brian Cox as Vanessa Redgrave as <laughs> Taylor and his mother. Flawless performance. Definitely. Yeah. Well, what do you think, everybody? Give us a call on our hotline, 615-576-0525. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the show if you want. You can send us an email, yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on the old internet, uh, Twitter, Y-I-C-I-A-I. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find Damon and me on Twitter as well, but don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't rush. Um, you can support the podcast on Patreon. Um, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot and uh, we'll read your name on the show just like this our current patrons especially Jeremy Pallon Joshua Nicholson Karen Kurd Larissa Maestro Dan McIntyre Ghosts in the Burbs and Jonathan Day thank you guys very much we really appreciate your support of the podcast uh, we'll see you next time everybody thanks for listening um, uh, how high the moon no I don't know what's a 
deep impact song. Uh, don't want to close my mouth. Don't want to go into a coma. Cause I want to see you, honey. Friend. And, and I, I would very much not like to see you again. Yeah. This is songwriting. Is this how you write a song? Yep. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Hmm. Unless you're Diane Warren. Or in this case, Diane.